Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Whitfield Report. I'm your host, Sam Whitfield, broadcasting live from NGC Studios here in South Florida. As always, great to be here with you for another Saturday uh, night. Contact info as usual. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at w underscore NGC. Hashtag Whitfield Report. You can follow me on Gab at Sam Whitfield, Facebook.com forward slash Whitfield Report, and of course you can visit my website at the Sam Whitfield.com. Uh, I also want to make a quick announcement that you can support me on Patreon. Uh, that's been known for a while. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Whitfield. Uh, which is my last name. No Whitfield Report, just Whitfield. And uh, now we have the twice-a-week premium podcast uh, up there, too. So uh, if if you want to head over to Patreon, and for just a dollar a month, you'll get two extra shows a week on Monday and Thursday. And, of course, then you'll get the live show on Saturday, in addition to the American Watchmen Roundtable uh, which airs at 9 p.m. right after this show. And uh, shout out to Jolly Roger. Hey there, Jolly, who is in our live YouTube chat room. Uh, thanks for the like and thanks for uh, tuning in. All right. So, folks, we have a lot we're going to cover uh, here tonight within the next uh, half hour, 45 minutes or so. Uh the big topic this week, obviously, is the tariffs, which I'm going to cover later on tonight with the American Watchmen uh, Roundtable. But for this show, I really want to focus on uh, Trump derangement syndrome. We've talked a little bit about it these past few weeks, but I want to begin with a story that happened uh, this week. On Thursday night... Um, Trump's Hollywood star was vandalized yet again by someone with a uh, pickaxe, uh, which was big news. Prior to that, however, there was a fight um, that had occurred earlier this week. Uh, I can't remember what day, but earlier this week there was a fight that broke out on the uh, on. I I I don't know whether to say on the Hollywood store. Or I guess you know the area immediately surrounding, but there was a fight that broke out uh, immediately uh, around the the star, and this is clearly indicative of Trump derangement syndrome and uh, you know uh, for for all those people who you know keep going back to uh, you know uh, South Carolina with uh, Charlottesville as being the worst incidents of political violence in years uh, you know Charlottesville was bad, no one is denying that, but the left, uh, 
you know, the left, the left starts most of this shit uh, nine times out of ten, and Charlottesville was maybe the was maybe the like the one, you know, out of the one in ten case where uh, right wingers and not even right wingers, but just neo Nazis started uh, shit, but. Anyway, this uh, footage of the fight that broke out over Trump's star this week uh, broke out on uh, TMZ, and it went viral. So I'll I'll play the clip for you, and for, for those of you listening on the audio podcast, I'll pause and uh, break this down for you as we go along. So this is... Uh, footage of the fight that broke out earlier this week on Trump's Hollywood star uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, Cut number one. Go. Okay, so for the podcast listeners, uh, the video started off. There's basically a, a Trump supporter. Uh, she she actually looks uh, either Hispanic or black, you know, and she's a female. She's she's posing with a Trump cutout, and uh, you know, just there peacefully. And now you're going to see these uh, protesters. One of them is uh, Hispanic. And he keeps yelling uh, nigger at one of the black people in the crowd who is wearing like a an American uh, flag hat. And I, I guess this black guy was off camera. Uh, for those of you watching the footage, obviously you can see the white guy. But I guess there was a African-American MAGA supporter. But, you know, they're not actual black people according to the left, so... That's how that goes. So what you're saying is the Hispanic guy shouting nigger at the at the white guy too, but I guess from what I read in the story, uh you know, that gave a little context of the clip. Uh, this Hispanic guy who you're seeing in the clip was yelling at a black guy in, in the crowd as well. And uh, you, this U.S. Marine stepped up to defend the guy, and so that's why you're seeing this other asshole shouting, uh, I, oh, I can say whatever the fuck I want. Uh, you know, fuck Trump and fuck you and your friend your friend is a nigger and you know just obvious shit like that <sighs> continuing on oh, 
Okay, now you can now there's a fight that's broken out. You can see the one in the left that the uh, left winger Antifa pe people tried uh, sucker punching this uh, guy who apparently is a U.S. Marine. That's what I read in in the comments, and uh, you know, so the Marine is defending himself and retaliating against these Antifa, you know, protester type. Hey, Holmes, it's, it's great to see. Okay, so if that wasn't clear, and, and I mean, with, with all these fight videos, you can never get, like, a really good f shot because, you know, they're pretty much all chaotic. Nothing's choreographed, but, but it looks like, from what I saw in the video, uh, these six Antifa-type guys tried charging this uh, Marine and... One of them basically, basically tried tackling the guy, and then the the marine, uh, you know, disarmed that guy and ended knocked him to the ground, and then I guess head stomped him slightly. Which some people are saying it, you know, that that the marine was in the wrong for doing that. But hey, if if you try going against a U.S. marine and you know you get your ass knocked to the ground. You you bet your ass you're gonna get a head stomped. Uh, you know I have I have no problem with that. So, you know, just these fucking Antifa people, and part and for the and for those of you who are sensitive to language, I I apologize. Pardon my French, but damn, I am I am just so fucking sick of all these you know fuck Donald Trump resist people who are saying that he's the one dividing the country and yet all they all they've done is since Trump has been elected is protest uh vandalize property uh be other try and be other conservatives up and uh you know, just be a general pain in the ass. It's it's really fucking unsettling. I I, I wouldn't have so much problem with them protesting if they were peaceful about it. If they weren't trying to lunge at someone with a MAGA every twenty 
seconds or 30 seconds, it seems like. I mean, even, even Republicans who were upset when Obama won the election back in 2008, do you remember any, you know, mainstream conservatives throwing a fit when Obama got elected in 2008? I mean, sure, there were some who were disappointed but I don't remember any of these I don't remember any of these types of you know protests ha- happening to this level when Obama got reelected. you didn't have uh, you know you didn't have conservatives or Tea Party people trying to deface uh, you know Obama's uh, Senate seat in, in, in Illinois and of course of course, he hadn't had any like statues erected to him yet but still you, we never saw any uh, you know direct action against Obama in the same in the same manner so Trump derangement syndrome is you know still very real it's still going on uh, many people have asked me within the past week uh, where Trump derangement syndrome comes from. They've asked for a sort of scientific and you know, logical thesis on it. I'm not the guy to do, uh, you know, to write a whole thesis on where Trump derangement syndrome comes from. I've written, you know, plenty of columns and essays about other stuff like the mainstream media, that's more my house vote. But for Trump uh, derangement syndrome, I uh, f- I actually found an article that uh, from the Wall Street Journal that Dennis Prager referenced on his radio show a few weeks ago, and I think it's uh, you know it it illustrates how Trump derangement syndrome uh, started and how it's been a big problem. Uh, this article is from back in February, but I still think it's, you know, very much relevant. So this comes from the, uh, the Wall Street Journal, uh, by, uh, Daniel Hanniger. And, uh, the title of this article is, uh, The Trump Panic. So we'll pull the screen up here, and uh, yeah, let me let me read this for you. The Trump panic. It was the belief that the elected president was unacceptable and had to be stopped. It is a historical spectacle. Washington is trend fixed by doing memos between Republicans and Democrats on the Health Intelligence Committee over an FBI application to the Foreign Intelligence Service Corps to surveil Carter Page of the Trump presidential campaign. The application included a 35-page quote-unquote dossier on Donald Trump, 
prepared by former British spy Christopher Steele. The Washington Press Corps kept the Trump-Russia collusion story before before the American public for a year, and the president himself, speaking through his Twitter account, says he is the victim of a witch hunt. How did this spectacle happen? Two salient and and related events occurred on November 8, 2016. Donald Trump defeated Hillary Clinton for the U.S. presidency. Within hours, the Trump panic went viral. Mm. The Trump panic of 2016-2017 was the belief that the U.S. presidency had fallen into the hands of an unacceptable person who had to be stopped or resisted by any means. Historians will record that the Trump panic gripped all Democrats, some Republicans, scores of intellectuals such as those who signed documents declaring their refusal to work in the Trump foreign policy agencies, foreign leaders, journalists, and members of U.S. security agencies. On Election Day, two FBI officials, Peter Strogic of the Bureau's Counterintelligence Division and Lisa Page, exchanged text messages. Page, oh my god, this is fucking terrifying. Strogic, oh my god, I am so depressed. Recall how, how routine it was then to hear or read that the new U.S. president resembled Hitler or Mussolini or Mussolini. Democracy was quote-unquote at risk even as such non-Hitlerian pillars such as Jim Mattis, Rex Tillerson, and Gary Cohen and Gary Cohn joined the government. Let us stipulate that that is it is not beyond imagining the individuals at the FBI's Washington headquarters or at the Justice Department are Democrats. This is Washington, and the sky is blue. Historically, though, it has been possible to believe a functional distinction existed in these sensitive bureaucracies between political impulse and professional responsibility. Because of the Trump panic, professional discipline eroded. Exhibit A will always be the Steele dossier. Spend 15 minutes reading it and you will recognize a textbook example of the Russian Cold War art form assembling published facts, half-truths, untruths, and conspiracies into an eye-popping narrative that would embarrass Frederick Forsyth. Mm. From page 33, referring back to the surprise sacking of Sergei Sergei Ionov, head of the PA in August 2016, his replacement by Anton Viano, an appointment of former Russian Premier Sergei Kryanko to another senior position in 
in the PA. The Kremlin insider reported, repeated that this had been directly connected to, to the Trump support operation and the need to cover up. Now that it was being exposed by the USG and the Western media. The Steele dossier, dossier is factoids on steroids. In normal time, the FBI would not include it in a submission to the FISA court. The Trump, the Trump panic was not in normal times. Decisions outside normal boundaries were considered justified. Recall Sally Yates. After President Trump's legally vulnerable travel ban order, Acting Attorney General Yates wrote, For as long as I am acting, for as long as I am the Acting Attorney General, the Department of Justice will not present arguments in defense of this executive order. You want what? By comparison, it is well known that during Barack Obama's presidency, much of the U.S. military leadership abhorred his policies and directives. It is inconceivable that any of them would have refused to execute a similar order from Mr. Obama. And that, ladies and gentlemen, right there, I obviously I'm going to continue on, but that right there is one of the key points, ladies and gentlemen, that I want to point out right here. Well, while the military leadership may have abhorred Obama's foreign policy decisions under his presidency, ladies and gentlemen, they still followed it. Because although many of them disagreed with Obama's policy choices, and let's be honest, they were terrible and they led to the creation of ISIS, they were still, uh, you know, they still did their job and followed the president's orders. And that's not what we have. They remained impartial and still did their job. Uh, clearly, that's not what's happening uh, under the Trump presidency anymore, folks. Uh, okay. Getting back to the article, though. But this was the Trump manic. And Ms. Yates' act of professional insubordination elicited approval in, email, in an email from Andrew Weissman, head of the Justice, Justice Department's criminal fraud section, how ironic, saying, I am proud and in awe. Thank you so much. End quote. This does not mean the FBI is off the rails. It means a handful a handful of people in Director, James Comey, in Director James Comey's orbit at 935 Pennsylvania Avenue, products of the insular inbred Beltway village, lost the professional village, and succumbed to the zeitgeist of panic over the Trump presidency. Riding that ship is crucial. We wrote at the outset that this is a spectacle, which brings us necessarily 
to one of its ring masters, Donald J. Trump. Controversies come and go for any presidency. Some, such as Watergate and Whitewater, kept going because it was possible to report events that truly advanced the story. The Russian collusion story went more bond months ago with Representative Adam Schiff reduced this week to writing the Steele dossier as if it were the second coming of the Pumpkin Papers which revealed Alger Hiss as a Russian dupe. Anyone else in politics would have let the fires under, under the collusion issues burn down. Is it a potential legal problem? Sure. Should it be a destructive daily bonfire? No. Mr. Trump is a combat is combative, not for political reasons, but because he's been combative all his life. In the Washington swamp, he has found the ultimate Trumpian arena. This swamp is his sparring partner. Don't let the raging tweets fool you. He loves it, and that he does indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so that's the ending of uh, Henninger's article in the Wall Street Journal. Very well written, and I'll have linked in the uh, podcast show notes uh, once the program is over. But uh, anyway, I I do think uh, this brings up several several salient points, ladies and gentlemen. As I've said from the beginning, uh, Trump Trump derangement syndrome is nothing more than the fact that Hillary Clinton could not accept the fact that she lost the presidency and the left could not deal with it. And in every, through every step of the way, Trump has set policy goals and completed policy goals that have been unprecedented in U.S. history. Black unemployment is at an all-time low in this country. He pardoned two wrongfully convicted African Americans, by the way. One, uh, in a historical gesture, that was the heavyweight uh, boxing champion, uh, Jack Johnson, who was arrested during Jim Crow, uh, during the Jim Crow era, and, uh, you know, imprisoned for life. He then pardoned uh, more recently an African-American woman who was wrongfully imprisoned for possession of uh, marijuana unfairly, which, by the way, was a policy that Hillary's husband, uh, Bill, instituted. And what was it that the Clintons called black people again in the 90s? Oh, yeah, super predators. So, obviously, Trump's not a, not a racist. 
we can rule that out. Is Trump a philanderer? Sure. Yeah, you know, that seemed pretty obvious even before he ran for president. We had him, you know, basically uh, admitting on Hidden Wire in 2004 that he liked to grab women by the uh, VJJ. Uh, or the uh, the vajaja, as uh, as some listeners would prefer, I I call it. Um, has he done it? Has he done anything illegal as president? No, that's the bottom line. And, uh, you know, the Trump, the Trump-Russia collusion story, look, as this article, you know, pointed out in much more fancy words, the bottom line is there was no, there was no collusion. Nothing happened. And yet, the reason why Trump derangement syndrome is, is happening the reason why you're seeing Trump's Hollywood star getting smashed repeatedly is because these people continue to force a false narrative that Trump, uh, you know, stole the election. Well, well, now they're also, you know, saying that Trump is bankrupting farmers uh, with corn subsidies. Which, by the way, do do we does meth farmers still uh, does meth farmers still t- tune into these uh, streams at all? Has any, has anyone see, seen in in the in in the danger zone or in the savage in Sam Savages or any of the other? Groups, uh, because I I would like to teach him. I would like to uh, talk to him about the, you know, new tariffs. Supposedly they're going to affect uh, farmers. So, uh, let me read through some of the comments because we had we had some of those uh, while we were. Uh, while I was reading the article. Okay, yeah, he is he is still in here here occasionally. Let's see. Now. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, Jolly, I I agree with your your one of your earlier points uh, Jolly said in regards to Trump derangement syndrome reconciliation is impossible because if you compromise one inch with them they'll uh, take a mile and and bitch that that's not enough for them no yeah I, com- I completely agree you know and and in the meantime the, the other really f- you know thing that is 
quite honestly just sad and tragic is the fact that I know people who have had family members who have disowned them for supporting Trump. Hell, I had it happen with me after the election with uh, one of my cousins. Or with with a second cousin, to be more uh, accurate. And granted, we weren't super close, but it was still, uh, you know, it was still sad and weird more than anything. So, yeah, you want to keep telling us how bad, uh, you know, Trump supporters are and how bad Trump people are just in general. Because uh, we're not the ones, you know, smashing up property and, uh, you know, or, or beating people up or uh, disowning people. This uh, this Trumpian derangement syndrome to basically uh, the title of this episode, ladies and gentlemen, is called uh, "Will Trump Derangement Syndrome Stop?" And uh, I guess the lesson of this show tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, it won't stop at least not for uh, a while, if ever. I honestly, I, I'm not sure if we can get to the point where I'm not sure if we will get to the point where the left will agree to sit down and talk with us. I don't see it happening. I've tried to be, you know, and I I've tried to reach out to, uh, you know to some of these uh, SJW types and legitimately try and have a conversation with them um, for why they think Trump is so evil. And they keep saying the same thing. He hates immigrants, he hates women, and he hates minorities and black people. Yet when I ask them for proof, they have none. And then once I give them proof to, uh, you know, contradict their statement, then they flip out and they call me the, the big and the racist. That's what I had happen uh, earlier this week with a friend of mine, or I should say a, a former friend of mine who I knew in high school. This, uh, this gal... Although I don't even know if she identifies a, as a gal anymore, as a as a woman, probably not. Uh, she used to be. She went from being a a, a blonde uh, lacrosse player. Uh, always, always pretty nice for the most part. Uh, in high school. And yet, once uh, she went to call, once she went to university, uh, she became a big time web. Dyed her, dyed her hair some, uh, you know, god god awful uh, shade of 
blue and red. And uh, basically, anyone who disagrees with her, with her politically now is a bigot and a racist and a homophobe and all those adjectives that they so love to judgmentally uh, put on us. She also tried playing the security card because she graduated from college, which, uh, you know, I don't want, I don't know what she was trying to pull on me for that since I'm, you know, going to be graduating from college in the not too distant future myself. Um, but, you know, even if I had it, does going to college really make you any superior, superior or any smarter as a person? Because at this point, I honestly don't think it does. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I know that we're only, well, we're almost 40 minutes in. Um, so, you know, it's, it's been a pretty good show, but I, I don't want to beat this, uh, horse to death and I don't want to have any, uh, other topics lined up for tonight's show. So, uh, you know, I think the point is pretty clear. Trump derangement syndrome isn't going to, uh, you know, stop anytime soon without something major happening. Quite honestly, ladies and gentlemen, I think the only thing that would stop Trump derangement syndrome, and I'm not saying I want this to happen by any means, but I would I think the only way we would come together as a nation again under President Trump would be if another uh, 9-11 happened. I really... I, I hate to say it, but at this point... Do we really have any... Are there any other options for re, for reconciliation? At this point... And yeah, I know the left is going to say, Well, you could impeach Trump. That would be a start. Well, that's not going to happen. As much as you guys would like to think that that's going to happen, it's just not going to. So then, what are we left with? Something, something horrible would have to happen, and you know, people keep talking about us, about another uh, civil war coming. So, I don't know. Something could be on the horizon, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen. It's just, you know, and I don't, I don't like making conspiracy theories, but the way, uh, you know, the way these Antifa people are uh, acting as we saw in that clip uh, pretty soon one of them is going to you know bring a is going to bring a gun or a knife and kill someone and I bet you anything it's going to be them and uh, tensions are so flared that I think the civil war would break out. I'm not sure how long it would last, and you know, conservatives always like to say that 
oh, well, you know, we, we would automatically win because we have all the guns. But would we really? I mean, we may at first, but if the government, see, if the government gets involved and if the federal agencies get involved, would they really take our side? I, I don't know. I, I I really don't. It's a scary thought, thing to think of a civil war, but if, if Trump derangement syndrome continues, uh, you know, I don't, I don't see this going, unfortunately, in a, any other way. So, my only advice to you is, to you in the audience, is if you can, try and have a, a logical conversation, try and have a logical conversation with um, your liberal neighbors and friends. I, I, I do want to note that I know that not all of them are big lefties. I know that there are liberals out there like Dave Rubin who are more, uh, you know, libertarian on some issues and more willing to listen to people. Um, but by and large... I don't, you know, the the Dave Rubens and those types of liberals are disappearing quickly. Uh, okay, yeah, the main thing that would concern me is outside influences, as in other countries. Well, yeah, that that's that's true too. Um, I'm not even well. <laughs> I'm not, you know, sure what other outside countries these people would reach out to. Probably the Middle East, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, either way, I uh, I fear it could get bloody here in the future. So. And on that positive note, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for uh, tuning in. And as always, you can subscribe on iTunes and uh Leave us a rating review over there or wherever else you get your uh, podcast from if you're listening on the audio version. If you're watching this uh, live on YouTube, uh, be sure to hit that like button and uh, please share this on your social media and tell a friend if you like the show. And as always, um, you can also, once again... Go to my website at thesandwithfield.com. Social media links are all there. Um, and once again, folks, uh, you can subscribe to the new twice-weekly edition of the Whitfield Report on Patreon. One dollar a month uh, to begin. You'll get uh, two shows. And uh, Jolly, I'll let you have the last comment. As you said, if, we, if war were to start, you can bet your ass. China and Iran would jump in to keep it going. And, uh, yeah, Jolly, you're actually probably right. So, if, let me put it this way, if, uh, if shit ever does break out, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm joining your team because, you know, it seems like you can predict a lot of this battle strategy stuff. So, uh, at any rate, thank you for tuning in to the Whitefield Report. Uh, stay tuned for the American Watchman Roundtable.
which I will link in the danger zone uh, here shortly. If you're not in the danger zone, you can search American Watchmen under YouTube channels, and uh, you can find the roundtable over there and tune in. We'll be talking about the tariffs tonight, so uh, be sure to tune in in a few minutes. And uh, from all of us here at NGC Studios, and for the Wiffle Report, good night, God bless, God save this great nation. Good night.